48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. The government says it will speed up legislation to compel people to report suspected child abuse. Police search for three suspects in connection with a heist at a Chimsai Chai jewellery store. And two medical experts say the government should consider the new Omicron jab. The government is speeding up legislation to compel people to report suspected child abuse. Labour and Welfare Secretary Chris Sun told a LegCo panel that the original plan was to consult lawmakers on the legislative changes in December. But the administration has now decided to start the process next month. On the children's residential home in Prince Edward, where more than 30 staff members were arrested on suspicion of child abuse, Director of Social Welfare Charmaine Lee says it'll be under surveillance until at least August next year and will have to prove it's still capable of providing services subsidised by the Social Welfare Department. And according to the mechanism, progress report will have to be submitted to the Social Welfare Department in every three months. And within the one-year period, we keep in view whether they have improved the situation and depending on the performance, decide whether to extend the surveillance period. Police are looking for three suspects in connection with a heist at a Chimsa Choi jewellery store in broad daylight. The gang made off with a jade necklace worth $20 million, as Mike Weeks reports. Chief Inspector Yao Yu Singh of the Yao Chin Mong District Crime Squad said two men entered the Emperor Watch and Jewellery Branch shop in Canton Road at around noon, posing as customers looking to buy the jade necklace. When staff showed it to them, one of the pair pulled out a 50-centimetre knife and threatened the employees before taking the necklace. The pair are said to have fled in a private car driven by a third man. The getaway vehicle was abandoned in Yamate soon afterwards, with the three suspects escaping separately. Police say the trio are between 30 and 40 years old and around 1.7 metres tall and are non-Chinese. Officers appealed to anyone who witnessed the robbery to contact the police. Medical experts say the government should consider buying a new BioNTech vaccine that targets two variants related to the infectious BA2.75 Omicron variant. Speaking on an RTHK radio programme, an advisor for the government's coronavirus strategy, Professor Ivan Hong, said Hong Kong already had strong immunity from vaccinations and previous infections, so he wasn't too concerned about the variant spread. It's the same as flu. Even though the vaccine may not match the new circulating variant completely, the boosting effect is still good. Data from the US shows the effect of the new Omicron jabs is better than that of the first-generation vaccine. Speaking on the same program, Kwok Kin On, the professor of public health at the Chinese University, also said the government should consider the vaccine. He said there would be no need to tighten COVID measures unless there were a drastic increase in hospital admissions and deaths. For the first time, Hong Kong has reported imported cases of new COVID subvariants BA 2.75.2 and XBB.1. Both cases were asymptomatic. Meanwhile, the city logged 4,874 new COVID infections for the day, including 396 imported cases. There were 10 more COVID-related deaths. Survey has suggested that over one-third of older adults suffered from emotional distress during the fifth wave of the pandemic. Researchers from the Jockey Club Holistic Support Project for Elderly Mental Wellness spoke to around 5,000 elderly people from April to June. They said over 30% of them showed signs of depression, anxiety or loneliness. 
Research also found a surge in the risk of depression and anxiety compared to 2020. Professor Terry Lum led the study. In the first way, when the large-scale investment affected pretty much every part of the society, including a lot of social workers, a lot of you know uh, workers in the supermarkets, in the West market, they got infected. So as a result, um, their ability, older people's ability to really carry out their daily function has significantly reduced. And they also worry when they know that you know people next to them, um, their neighbor also get infected. So the pressure building up at the same time, um, their means to solve their problem and to, to kind of uh, carry out their day-out activity now the weather, it'll be very dry, cooler with cloudy periods tonight and tomorrow morning. The minimum temperature will be around 21 degrees, mainly fine during the day with maximum temperature of about 27 degrees. Temperature is currently 24 degrees, the humidity is 39%. You're tuned to RTHK, the time is 5 minutes past 11. Two advocacy groups have called for a roadmap to turn brownfield sites into areas for housing development in the upcoming policy address. Greenpeace and Library Research Community say more than 400 hectares of large and accessible brownfield sites are being excluded from development plans in the north of the SAR. They said the plots could be ready for development in just four years and could yield about 100,000 units. Chan Hall Xion, a senior campaigner at Greenpeace also called the government to rethink its mega reclamation project off Lantau. For the Lantau tomorrow, it can only be finished in like 10 years later. So in terms of timing, Lantau tomorrow isn't the answer to our question in front of us. If the government has a more comprehensive and more updated brownfield policy that they can really look into how many usable or potential brownfields in Hong Kong now, that can definitely provide enough land for housing and in a faster and cheaper way. The government has warned that people who cash in by hogging bookings for public sports and recreation facilities are to face tougher penalties, including lengthy bans. The Leisure and Cultural Services Department says it's also working on a system that will introduce a ballot for bookings instead of first come first serve as it seeks to weed out those who book facilities with the intention of turning a profit. Ada Au has the details. From the start of next month, the department said it will ban anyone who books a facility and fails to use it twice in a 60-day period from making a new booking for the next 90 days. At present, people are only banned if they fail to honor bookings twice in 30 days. People found to have transferred the use of a user permit for a particular facility without authorization will be suspended from booking sports facilities for 360 days, doubling the current penalty. The LCSD is also tightening up the rules for booking natural and artificial turf football pitches through its online leisure link system. As well as giving their own user number, they will also have to submit the details of four other registered users. The person who makes the booking and three of the four other registered users will have to show their ID and any qualifications that are required before kicking off their session. The department will also bring forward the time at which people are allowed to try to book a session cancelled by other users. They will open up from 7 in the morning instead of 7.30. A spokesperson said the sports and leisure department will monitor how well the new measures work and take further actions against touts if necessary. The LCSD is also asking the members of the public to take part in a survey on how ballot priorities should be set for booking facilities. They can do that either at public leisure and sports venues in November or via the department's website.
Government has confirmed that it won't take any action over a super yacht which dropped anchor in Hong Kong last week, despite sanctions imposed by some Western governments against its Russian billionaire owner. The Nord is now moored in the western harbour of Qingyi, as Altis Wong reports. Marine department records show the 142-metre yacht, which belongs to the Russian steel and mining mogul Alexei Moroshov, dropped anchor in Hong Kong on October the 5th. The 56-year-old businessman has been the target of sanctions from the European Union, the United Kingdom and the United States, imposed in response to the conflict in Russia and Ukraine. Several other superyachts tied to Russian businessmen have been seized this year in high-profile cases around the world, including in Spain, Germany and the United Kingdom. In a statement issued late on Sunday night, the government noted that it's always implemented and fully enforced sanctions imposed by the United Nations Security Council. But a spokesman said countries may impose unilateral sanctions against certain places on the basis of their own considerations. He said the Hong Kong government does not implement nor does it have the legal authority to take action on unilateral sanctions imposed by other jurisdictions. President Putin has confirmed that Russia has launched a barrage of missile attacks across Ukraine in retaliation for Saturday's explosion on the only bridge to annexed Crimea. Mr Putin described the Kirsch Bridge blast as a terrorist attack that couldn't go unanswered. The president was speaking after a meeting of Russia's Security Council. BBC Steve Rosenberg reports from Moscow. Vladimir Putin's response to the Kerch Bridge bombing was already clear by the time he addressed the Russian Security Council. He'd ordered a wave of missile and rocket attacks on Ukraine. President Putin said Russian forces had carried out a mass strike on Ukrainian energy infrastructure, military command and communications facilities. He promised a harsh response if Ukraine continued to carry out what he called terrorist attacks on Russian territory. Last Saturday's attack on the bridge linking Russia and Crimea was a blow to President Putin. The bridge is very much a symbol of his annexation of the Crimean Peninsula. Speaking in a video on social media, Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky remained defiant. They want panic and chaos. They want to destroy our energy system. They are hopeless. The second target is people. Such a time, such goals were specially chosen to cause as much damage as possible. But we are Ukrainians. We help each other. We believe in ourselves. We restore everything that has been destroyed. This year's Nobel Prize for Economics has been shared by three American bankers, including the former chair of the U.S. Federal Reserve, Ben Bernanke. The Royal Swedish Academy of Sciences said Mr. Bernanke, Douglas Diamond and Philip Divvig had won the prize for their research on avoiding the financial collapse of banks. Professor Diamond said that since the 2008 financial crisis, banks were much better prepared for emergencies. Recent memories of that crisis and improvements in regulatory policies around the world have left the system much less vulnerable. The problem is that these vulnerabilities of the fear of runs and dislocations and crises can show up anywhere in the financial sector. The share price of men and semiconductor companies has been hard hit after the U.S. implemented sweeping measures on China's chip-making industry to try to slow Beijing's technological and military advances. Eamon Town again. 
The Biden administration published a comprehensive set of export controls on Friday, including a measure to cut China off from certain semiconductor chips made anywhere in the world with U.S. equipment. That sent the share price of tech giants Alibaba and Tencent tumbling, along with chipmakers as investors were spooked by the new U.S. export control measures, some of which take immediate effect. An index measuring China's semiconductor firms tumbled nearly 6%, and Shanghai's tech-focused board star market declined over 3.5%. The controls could amount to the biggest shift in U.S. policy towards shipping technology to China since the 1990s. Experts say the new rules could have a broad impact, slowing China's efforts to develop its own chip industry, as well as hampering advanced commercial and state research involving military weapons, artificial intelligence, data centers, and many other areas that are powered by supercomputers and high-end chips. Commerce Ministry slammed the latest U.S. crackdown on China's chipmaking industry, describing it as bullying and seriously affecting normal Sino-U.S. exchanges. Spokesperson called on Washington to stop the action and treat China's businesses fairly. Sport now, it's down to the final eight in the Major League Baseball playoffs. The San Diego Padres advanced to the National League Division Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers after eliminating the New York Mets in the best-of-three wildcard series. Padres starter Joe Musgrove gave up just one hit in seven innings and San Diego beat New York in the third and deciding game 6-0. During the game, Mets manager Buck Showalter asked the umpires to check Musgrove for illegal substances, and nothing was found. The pitcher says afterwards that the incident lit fire under him. Uh, I think he was checking for some kind of substance that was helping me spin the ball or something. Um, I've seen it before. I think he's done it before. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have much to say about it. It was, you know, at the point in the game when it, when it happened, I was... So dialed in already, all my pitches felt good. I felt like I was executing, so it almost just kind of lit a fire under me. It was came out, told me Buck wanted to check, you know, my face, my glove, my hat. Um, but yeah, at that point, I was so dialed in and, and so focused on on getting outs, it didn't really, you know, affect me too much. Atletico Madrid have confirmed that they have agreed a deal to sign World Cup winning French striker Antoine Griezmann permanently. In a statement, the club said the deal linked him to Atletico until June 2026. Reminder of our top stories tonight. Government says it will speed up legislation to compel people to report suspected child abuse. Police search for three suspects in connection with a heist at a Chimsa Choi jewellery store. And two medical experts say the government should consider the new Omicron jab. And that's the news from RTHK. <laughs> Radio Free Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time here in Hong Kong, we're coming to the end of our Monday, and if you've had a day of it and you just want to chill out and relax, you're welcome to Twilight Time. 45 minutes of music from days gone by. If you'd like a song, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. With the first one for us tonight, a lovely song from the lovely Doris Day. Together, at last, at 
You 